fistful of cash. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the Fistful of Cash podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin, a.k.a. Audio Velvet, in here with my co-host, my brother, Soup, a.k.a. Audio Corduroy. What's going on, my man? Nothing much, man. Uh, <clears throat> happy to be back. Still a little under the weather, so I apologize for any throat clears or sniffles you may hear. Um, but I am glad that we are here and able to record I am glad that they, this uh, this hurricane has downgraded, that it hasn't affected you. Um, I, I pray that it doesn't affect any of our listeners. Um, I'm just happy to be back and ready to get into this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a, it was a big week for us. Finished plus four units. The Rams did what they were supposed to do and handled business. So last week, uh, you know, we. <laughs> We had a good week. Uh, it started out as a little weird, a little wild, wonky, um, and we addressed some of that on the Tuesday episode. But, yeah, uh, it was a good week for sure, plus four units. Can't complain about that. No, not at all. Um, like you said on the Tuesday touchback, <clears throat> it's not what we're accustomed to right now, but a winning week is a winning week. Um, so there's no complaints at all. Uh, two things, just since I wasn't here on the Tuesday touchback, two things I want to touch on, two two takes I've been sitting on since last season. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, not that good. Jimmy Gooop Jimmy Gooop is not bad, but he's not very good. He is an average quarterback. I know it's one game, but the guy's only started eight games, so we can't really judge him that much. Uh, being a Patriots fan, I saw him start for them, and he was like a Matt Castle. He just managed the football games. Ooh. And the other one is uh, – sorry, I had to clear my throat there – is uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's that good. I really don't. Um, he was – his stats were through the roof last season. And it reminds me a lot of the RG3. Teams didn't know what to expect. But now that they have film on him, he's not that good. The Patriots' defense is not a good defense by any means. And they did a really good job of handling him. Mobile quarterbacks, you know, they can get get you to the playoffs, but they're not going to win you a championship. Outside of really like, you know, Russell Wilson in recent memory, um, mobile quarterbacks don't really get the job done. So I'm sticking with Deshaun Watson is not a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, I definitely don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. And I agree with you about the whole mobile quarterback thing. I mean, they're definitely good as far as, you know, uh, expanding the fan base of a team because they are exciting to watch. But traditionally, if you look at uh, Super Bowl winning successful quarterbacks outside of Russell, you're right. I mean, it's, you know, there's a reason why the classics are classics. Uh, in the pocket passers tend to be, you know, what you need to to win the whole thing. That and a great defense. So, um sure. Right, you're a quarterback, not a running back. Um, the team relies on you to be accurate. And mobile quarterbacks, just they lack accuracy. It's just it's as simple as that. So, yeah, so Jimmy Gooop, not that good. Deshaun Watson, super overrated. All right. 
We'll squat on that the same way that, uh, you know, I got feedback for saying that Dak Prescott and uh, Jameis Winston were going to be unemployed here in a couple of years. <laughs> that, that went over like a lead balloon. So I'm sure you saying that Deshaun Watson, it's considering the fact that I live in, uh, you know, Clemson country, I'm sure, you know, that I, I'll, I'll be, people will be real happy to hear you say that. So that's good. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so let's, uh, before we get into our five picks for this week, I want to clear some things up real quick. Uh, I've been going back and forth with Patreon. Patreon has our content listed as adult content. So you have to actually physically search for our page or click the link that we provide in show notes, Twitter, or Instagram, which is patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. Um, you have to use those links. You can't just go to Patreon and search by my name or the podcast name because they, for whatever reason, Patreon has made it so that adult content is not searchable. So I've been going back and forth with them to show them that we are not adult content in nature. Um, and, you know, you're not going to go to our page and find anything other than the five additional picks that we're providing each and every weekend. You're not going to find nudes of me or nudes of you, uh, especially not for the price point in which we're offering our picks. Uh, it's going to take more than that. Uh, but if that's, you know, if you're looking for us, you have to use the links that we have. That's what you have to use. So, and on that page, you're getting five additional picks each and every week. And we're charging $10 for the whole month. So you're getting, you know, 20 picks for 10 bucks. Uh, you know, these Instagram ads and handicap services online and all that stuff, they're charging hundreds and thousands of dollars a month to get the same quality, uh, actually lesser quality content than what you're getting here because you're getting a podcast and you're getting, you know, basically uh, customer service at its finest in the sense that you can reach out to us via email or social media and you know who's responding to you. If you email, you know, the fistful of cash email, one of us is going to respond to you. We don't have no secretary or something like that. You're getting us and it's designed that way for a reason. Uh, we want to be one. Like I said, this is a family of paying it forward. Uh, when we win, everybody wins together. So that's what we're after. after. So patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. If you're looking for us. And again, that's just 10 bucks a month and you get those 20 additional picks. Um, so let's get into this week's picks. What do you got? Let's start with college football. Uh, so for the first game for college, uh, we've got Notre Dame, ver Notre Dame versus Vanderbilt. Um, we're going to go under on this. It's uh, under 52. Um, so both teams played two games, so four games total. Uh, neither total, none of, the, none of the four have hit 52. Um, the closest one was last week when Vanderbilt played Nevada. They won 41 to 10. But, uh, you know, Notre Dame's got a better defense than Nevada. So Vanderbilt's not putting up 41 points. And Notre Dame's offense is not explosive. Um, I think Brandon Wimbush through two games is something like 370 passing yards and one touchdown. Um, they do a lot of running the ball, which eats up a lot of clock, which then limits the amount of plays that are ran. And they are very good defensively. Um, they won their first game 24-17 against Michigan. They won their second game 24-16 against Ball State. If they're only putting up 24 on Ball State, I don't see them putting up more than 30 on Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt does play decent defense. Um, 
Vanderbilt runs the ball a lot as well. Um, I think they had almost 200 yards on the ground against Nevada and barely over 200 through the air. So these are both very run-dependent teams, uh, two, one good defense, one decent defense. I think the under 52 in this game is the, uh, is the right play. Okay. Now let me ask you this real quick on that. Um, is it just a matter of play styles or is it just that Notre Dame hasn't found its groove yet? Because this strikes me as a game where it might be Notre Dame's coming out party and showing the world who they are going into this season. Cause I mean, they're, the expectations are high for this season and their showings so far have not met expectations. So is there any chance that this game could be the coming out party? You know, I want to say yes, but I don't think it is. I just don't, the style of offense that they run, um, Brandon Wimbush, he's not an accurate passer. This goes back to the mobile quarterback. He's not very accurate. Uh, I think against Michigan, he was like 12 for 24 for 170 yards. Um, he also is leading the team in rushing. Um, and it's like three yards a carry. So it's nothing spectacular. They don't have the running backs that they normally have. They don't have like Josh Adams last year who was averaging nine yards a carry. Um, the Brian Kelly, you know, has focused his offense around Brandon Wimbush. He believes in the kid. Um, he's letting him play his game. And I think that he's content with, you know, if we score 24 to 27 points a game, I think, you know, I think he believes their defense is good enough to hold the other team underneath that. And so far they have been. Um, eventually Notre Dame's going to have a big game because eventually Wimbush is going to hit some of these long passes that he's throwing, these 70-yard bombs, but they don't have the receiving core they used to. Uh, Quantumius St. Brown, he's gone. He was their big-time deep threat. Uh, it's just it's not the normal Notre Dame running back wide receiver dominant team. So I, I, I just, I think that they're going to stick in the 24 to 31 point range for a while and just play good, hard nosed defense and, and win some games. Okay. And I can, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I, you know, I guess thinking about it, I mean, if the game finished 42 to seven, it's still under and they still, it would still be a coming out party. I mean, cause they would just mop the floor with them. So I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this. Okay. Uh, what else do you like? Um, so to go from under to over, um, this should come as no surprise. I'm pretty sure this is getting absolutely pounded by the public and the experts. Last I saw it was like 65% taking the over. We're going to go over in the Ohio state versus TCU game. Um, <clears throat> Ohio State's just putting up mad points. It's as simple as that. They are absolutely lighting the field on fire. And TCU, although they started out slow against SMU, which is really weird for them because their head coach, Gary Patterson, is one of the best first-half coaches in college football. I saw the other day that uh, TCU against the spread in the first half, since Patterson's been there in the past seven years, they hit 62% of the time against the spread in the first half. So okay. that speaks volumes. You know, TCU is a competitive team. Um, they're no joke this year. Their quarterback has some kinks he needs to work out. Um, but I just think Haskins is going to bend this defense until it absolutely breaks. And when it breaks, 
the floodgates will open. And uh, Ohio State's a 14-point favorite in this one. I feel like that's about right, and I feel like the 60 is pretty low. Um, or 59 and a half, I'm sorry. I think that's pretty low. I think the over hits with ease in this one. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And, I, you know, just to circle back to an earlier episode, I'm really impressed with the way Ohio State has bounced back, or not even bounced back, but just dealt with all the off-season stuff that was going on. I, You know, before ki- the season kicked off, you and I had talked about, you know, uh, is this going to be an issue moving forward? And it is clearly not. Um, they are on, you know, seek and destroy uh, every time they, they get in, uh, get on the field. So it is, I think that that, uh, that 59 and a half is going to be easily achieved. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with that pick for sure. So navigating away from college football, before we touch on NFL, there is something massive happening this weekend. Um, and I know, I know you have an opinion on it. I know you said you weren't going to touch on it that much, but I know you have an opinion on it. What I'm talking about, the biggest fight of the year, Triple G versus Canelo two. How do you feel? Triple G wins the fight. <laughs> like That's, yeah. that was, was anticlimactic, man. I built yeah. that. I built it saying, up. I've been saying it since day one. Uh, Triple G won the first fight. Um, you said on Tuesday that you want to see what a mad Triple G looks like, whether he's going to be laser focused or he's going to be just out of control. Um, this has been a lot of build up to this, a lot of controversy. I think Triple G comes in and proves why he won the first fight. Okay. So I'll give you my breakdown of this, all right? So right now, I'm getting Triple G to minus 155, which is good. Um, here's Okay, here's how I feel about this fight. Like I said, I want to see what a mad Triple G looks like. Um, is it a beast that gets awoken, or does he get sloppy? Neither one of these guys have had repeat opponents, so they've never fought the same guy twice. Traditionally, when uh, a fighter takes on an opponent for a second time, the counterpuncher tends to fare better, and Canelo is a counterpuncher. Um, he's also had almost a year off where he's been able to bulk up using his tainted uh, Mexican clenbuterol beef, um, so he is bigger and faster and uh, even though you know he's testing clean, that doesn't do anything for the results that he achieved while he was cycling through that stuff. Um, he he cracked Golovkin quite a few times. Um, was really successful with his uppercuts. Um, if he's able to uppercut and get off center line and keep throwing punches as opposed to just being one and done with his uppercuts, I think that. Uh, he'll find a lot of success. That being said, when the, they fought the first time, Triple G was never in trouble, and Canelo did get himself in trouble. I think it was in the seventh round, eighth round. Uh, he was hurt. He was shaking his head off as if he wasn't, but 
uh, Triple G was just stalking him and had him in trouble. What I want to see more from Golovkin this time is I want to see him using that jab. He has a laser of a jab, and he did not use it against Canelo. He fought him. He fought a Mexican like a Mexican. He stood right in front of him with his legs wide apart and just decided he wanted to throw. They were half the time in the fight they were standing head to head, um, you know, forehead to forehead, just just swinging on each other. I would like to see Golovkin not fight like that. I'd like to see him use that jab, uh, frustrate Canelo, and then get him out of there. So as far as that goes, I think Triple G is going to win this fight uh, as long as he doesn't come out and do something stupid. Here's some of the lines I'm getting on this. Um, You can get good lines uh, if you go by method of victory for Triple G. So if you believe in the knockout, that's going for plus 225. If you think he's going to win by decision, that's going for plus 185. Uh, I don't see this fight going the distance at all. Uh, neither one of these guys uh, want this fight to go to the, the distance, and I think that they will sacrifice themselves to put themselves in a position to not have it not go the distance. The fight not going the distance alone is sitting at plus 170. So that's better odds than if you just bet Triple G outright. Just bet for a finish and then enjoy the fight at plus 170. I think that's the most fan-friendly line you're going to get in a boxing uh, match. Plus 170 to have it not even finish because this fight will not go the distance. Um, That being said, I like Triple G. I like him by KO. That's coming in at plus 225. And if you can get three-round bursts, I like him in rounds four, five, and six, and that's coming in at plus 500. That's so, early. That is early. Oh, that boy. is early. But it's an angry Triple G. It's right. A, it's an angry Triple G. Now, here's the other thing, though. Keep Check this out, Soup. It's plus 500 for rounds seven, eight, and nine as well. So there's an opportunity there to maybe manage some bleeding. Uh, in the sense that you're getting the same amounts. So, you, you know, depending on how you want to wager, there's different ways to make your money back here. Uh, and the round-by-round round specifics are absolutely through the roof. Um, you know, they're almost not even worth mentioning because they're so astronomical. But to give you a hint, Triple G and uh, round number six is coming in at plus 1,600. So uh, it's going to be wild. It's going to be a fantastic fight. Fantastic fight. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed. Um, unless you're a fan of one of these fighters and your guys, your guy happens to lose. Um, as just going in as a fight fan to watch this, I don't think anybody with that mindset is going to be disappointed at the uh, overall product that is put out. No, no, not at all. I mean, this is, this is a high-profile fight. These are probably... This is the this is the biggest boxing fight right now that can be made. Um, until uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder fight each other, this is the biggest fight that can be made, uh, and it's a rematch from a draw, so it's even bigger. I don't think they've hyped this one as much as they did the first one, and I think that's criminal. But this is make no mistake the biggest fight that the boxing world can make right now, and it's happening this Saturday, HBO pay per view. I highly recommend getting it. Like I said on Tuesday's episode, I don't normally advocate for boxing pay-per-views. One, they're nine hours long. And two, the product's not normally that good. 
But this fight alone is worth the cost of the pay-per-view, which would probably be about $64.95, something like that. Um, and, you know, this is also a big enough fight that you can probably find quite a few sports bars and pubs around that will be showing it as well. So absolutely find your way to a TV on Saturday night and watch this fight. It's must-see sports. Absolutely must-see sports. Yeah, I mean, you got a Buffalo Wild Wings pretty much on every corner now and i know for a fact they will have this fight so it'll be you're gonna have to try to miss it yeah you absolutely are so uh, just to recap real quick i think triple g wins i think he wins inside the distance i don't think this fight goes the distance if you are not confident in my pick on triple g just bet that it ends inside the distance that comes in at plus 170 triple g inside the distance uh, is coming in at plus 225. I love that. And then I also like Triple G uh, in rounds four, five, and six. That's coming in at plus 650. So uh, that that's where I'm sitting. That's where I'm sitting out on this. Triple G inside the distance between rounds four, five, and six at plus 650. That's what I got. That's what I'm going with. NFL football. I'll talk about this all day if you don't start talking about something else. All right. Well, yeah, we'll go. Um what you're going to watch when you wake up on Sunday uh, after an exciting Triple G fight. Um, the first play for Sunday. Uh, <clears throat> I am a New England fan. I have consulted many people on this to make sure it is not a fanboy pick. Um, I'm taking New England minus one in Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> this these are the types of games that makes Tom Brady the goat. He wins these types of games. He's going to go into a hostile environment and uh, a hobbled up Leonard Fournette, regardless if he plays, you know, we know he's hurt. If he doesn't play, you got to stop TJ Yeldon. Tough. Um, so <laughs> why you hating on TJ, man? TJ's all right. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> and they've got a receiving core of Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook with Blake Bortles, the boat, throwing him the ball. You got the boat versus the goat. This is a marquee matchup, man. Are you sure about this New England pick? Yes. I have faith that New England's defense has improved by actually losing somebody in the dumpster fire of Matt Patricia mm. as the defensive coordinator. They have improved. Regardless if Edelman's out and New England's wide receiver core is depleted, they still have Gronk. They still have Chris Hogan. They brought in Corey Coleman. They've got Philip Dorsett, who Brady seems to like. And they've got 47 running backs who can catch the football. Okay. Now, Jacksonville's oh, – go, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what about those that say that Jacksonville's defense is able to, you know, negate uh, Brady's, you know, I guess you would say uh, multitude of weapons, uh, you know, right about that. Jacksonville's defense is good, if not better than it was last year. But New England still beat them last year. Um, Jalen Ramsey's been, you know, running his mouth all offseason. And even went as far to say that Gronk's not that good. My man, you're talking about the greatest tight end of all time. You're not going to tell me he's not that good. The only way New England loses this game is if Brady throws Gronk a touchdown and he catches it over Jalen Ramsey 
and spikes that ball on his face and gets ejected. Okay. I mean, what if he just picks him up and carries him around like a backpack? Yeah, he could do yeah, that. That's too. an option too. I mean, he, he's big enough. Good Lord, is he big enough? Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'll say it like this. I, I think that it, no matter how good your defense is, I don't necessarily think that Jacksonville has the offensive firepower with Fournette being hurt to beat New England, even though New England's defense is suspect at times. Um, it's it's hard to bet against Brady, and this, even though it's you know the second game of the year, feels like a must-win game, and I hate betting against Brady in must-win games. Um, New England minus one. I'll co-sign on that. What else you got? Um, in the other game, I'm going with uh, another team who's going up against a uh, the most important player on the other team is injured. We're taking the Vikings plus one and a half against Green Bay. Um, <clears throat> I am a big believer in Captain Kirk. I love me Kirk Cousins. I love Stefan Diggs. I love Adam Thielen. That Vikings defense is no joke. Uh, side note, real quick, we didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to touch on this on Tuesday. Did you see the interview with Aaron Rodgers after that comeback? No, I didn't actually. Oh no. my goodness, that dude! He was so high; it was unbelievable. What do you mean they just had him all hopped up on pain pills, uh, or what? It, yes, a hundred percent. His eyes were completely glossed over, and he was giggling the entire interview. That man was on <laughs> some other type of happy pill. I, you know what? You share the wealth, <clears throat> man. Jeez. But. He's going to be hurting on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he says he's, you know, he's playing. He's 100%. The way his knee bent, he is not 100%. There's no way. The comeback was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But this Vikings defense is a whole different beast. Their secondary is legit. Um, and the Vikings offense is complete with a good running game and a very good passing game. I like the Vikings plus one and a half in this game. I don't. I could have swore I read something as recently as today where they were saying that Aaron Rodgers is not a lock to play on Sunday, regardless of what he's saying. Um, the coaching staff is not sold on him starting Sunday. Good. It's probably to avoid a fine because I think something's going to come out that says you know, you know, he actually is hurt. And you put a hurt player out there again, the NFL is going to find you concussion, torn meniscus. It doesn't matter. You can't put a player's health. Uh, you can't put wins over a player's health, regardless if the player wants to play or not. That's why you have a medical staff. And I think there's something wrong with Aaron Rodgers' knee. Yeah, I, th- I mean, like like I said on the Tuesday episode, watching that thing bend the way it bent, man, had me freaked out. As a person who has suffered multiple knee injuries, that was grossing me out. Um, and, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is going to come out Friday morning. If you delay on any of the the bets that we recommend, don't delay on this one. Get it in now while that line is what it is because it's going to move if Rodgers is declared inactive or a game time decision or what, like so this as more information comes out, things are going to change with this game. So you want to get it in as soon as you can. Would you agree with that? Right, 100%. It's the same thing that happened with the Chiefs and uh Steelers line it opened at Steelers minus five big Ben missed Wednesday practice like he normally does and then he missed today as well 
and there was some speculation whether or not he's uh, he's been battling an elbow injury. Um, there was some speculation whether or not he'd play this weekend, and they actually took the line down for a little while. But then um, Randy Finkner, their uh, offensive coordinator, came out and said Ben should play this weekend. Uh, ben said he's going to play. Mike Tomlin, no comment, like always. Um, and the line came back out, and it's actually down to four now. Um, so if Ben doesn't play, that line's going to be like the Chiefs minus six. Uh, so you could see a big swing. If Rodgers doesn't play, this could go from Minnesota plus one and a half to easily Minnesota minus five. Because as a Notre Dame fan, Deshaun Kaiser's not an NFL quarterback by any means. Right. Yeah, he's absolutely not. So, yeah, that's. I mean, this is one of those ones where you want to get in on it uh, as soon as possible. I mean, you can you can marinate on the other ones for a little bit, but I absolutely uh, would encourage everybody to get this pick in as fast as you can, uh, especially, you know, because more information becomes available all the time. And going into the weekend, you know, they're going to have that Friday, uh, that Friday press dump where they're just going to try to pump out as much information heading into the weekend as humanly possible. So, you know, get on this one early. So, um, that being said, I'm going to allude to this. Um, there is a UFC event this weekend. It's the first one that's taking place in, uh, Russia. So UFC fight night, Moscow, it is a fight pass only event. I don't anticipate much of our audience watching this event. Um, if you do good on you, I will be watching it. Uh, I'm going to provide a UFC pick or two for our Patreon customers. Uh, just because I feel like if you are that hardcore to care about what's going on for the UFC this weekend, you are hardcore enough to be a Patreon customer on top of the fact that these are like some deep cut fights. Uh, these are not a lot of name brand guys. It's been a lot of homework and research on my part to provide these picks coming up. Uh, so that's, we you know, I want to provide a full breakdown where I have time to do it. So uh, look to our Patreon picks this weekend for some UFC picks. All that to say that the main event is Mark Hunt versus Alexi Olenek. Um, this is a good fight. That is like a cherry on top of a really bad birthday cake or a really bad Sunday, if you will. Uh, this card is not a good card. It's got a lot of deep cut fighters. Uh, there's, you know, there's some guys on there that I like a lot, but there's also, um, there's just a lot of just filler guys as well. But Mark Hunt is fighting. I love Mark Hunt. He looks like a rhino and hits like a rhino. Um, it's hard for me to root against that guy. And I will be providing a full breakdown um, of that fight on our Patreon page for this weekend. So that's what I got for that. Yeah, I think then I think that wraps up the weekend. Um, obviously, the biggest thing of the weekend is the Triple G Canelo fight. Uh, like you said, that's a don't miss. Uh, the UFC fight pass only. I'm pretty sure you can miss that and not miss much outside the main event. Um, <clears throat> two guys with ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous finishing rate percentage. So that'll be an absolute brawl. Um, and then just like every other week, you've got college and you've got NFL. So we still have a huge sports weekend ahead of us. And I uh, just hope to keep, uh, keep this winning streak intact. 
Yeah, for sure. I want to say one more thing about Mark Hunt real quick, if you got a second. Yeah. Okay. So Fabricio Verdum tested positive for steroids. I don't know if you saw that or not. He just recently got handed a two-year suspension because he, he was actually supposed to be headlining this card against Olenek and got pulled because he failed his USADA test and then just recently got sentenced uh, the two years. So uh, a two-year suspension. I said sent like he was like going to prison or something like that. But I'm just going to run this off real quick. So Alistair Overeem, Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir, Antonio Silva, Fabricio Verdum, uh, Ben Rothwell, Melvin Manhoff, Josh Barnett, and Mirko Krokop and Vanderlei Silva. Do you know what all of them have in common? They all got knocked out by Mark Hunt. No, no, they're <laughs> all they're all they're all opponents of Mark Hunt, but they've right. all been uh, they've all tested positive at one point in time for steroids. Oh, there you go. So Mark Hunt is currently embroiled in a legal battle with the UFC, and rightfully so, after the whole Brock Lesnar uh, UFC 200 fight, uh, saying that Lesnar was tested prior to and failed his drug test um, for steroids and the UFC allowed him to fight anyway. And that was a fight he went on to beat Mark Hunt. So Mark Hunt's lawsuit against the UFC is like, you know, you, you willingly put me in danger and, you know, I could have been hurt or worse inside the cage. And you have knowingly been putting me in harm's way time and time again, by having me fight cheater after cheater after cheater. Uh, Prior to the Overeem fight, he fought Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir, and Antonio Silva. All three of those guys tested positive for steroids. So you literally fought three cheaters in a row before he fought Overeem, who didn't test positive for steroids during that fight, but has tested in the past. So, um, you know, Mark Hunt has been dealt a raw hand, uh, or a raw deal, rather, uh, on a lot of things, and one of which is the fact that he continually fights cheaters uh, and guys that are trying to get ahead. So... Uh, Alexi Olenek does not appear to be one of those guys, even though he is a Russian and he comes, you know, from a country of cheaters. It doesn't appear that he is one. He has never tested before positive that is. And, uh, I like, you know, I would love to see, uh, and hope in my heart of hearts that this is going to be an even fight. So anyway, I'm getting off my soapbox when it comes to steroids. It's ridiculous. Either you let everybody take them or nobody take them. I don't like the middle ground in between where you just try not to get caught. So. That's all I got to say about steroids. You want to talk about steroids at all? No, I'm good. I'm good on steroids. Well, you should probably get some steroids for your cold if you don't shake this thing pretty soon. Right. I know. Anyway. All right. So you guys probably noticed at the very beginning, we've got a new custom intro song, uh, which was gifted to us by a friend of the program, which I can't imagine anything cooler happening. So I want to give... my man ancient awaken a shout out and we appreciate you know the intro and i'm going to put all of your contact information in our show notes and guys if you need uh you know obviously anything audio related this guy seems to know what he's doing and seems to be legit uh you know reached out to us and sent this our way and we are thankful for sure so let's uh Let's, you know, this community, you know, let's pay it forward. Let's send them some business. Let's, you know, if you got something that you need audio wise, let's reach out to him and I'll put all his uh, info in the show notes. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Um, We've been looking for something, uh, you know, something a little catchy. And what he gave us is absolute gold. Uh, We both love it. 
and uh, definitely show the guy some love for sure. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, uh, you know, he he sent me like his Twitter handle and all that stuff in an email. At least follow him on Twitter, Insta, something like that. You know, let, let's let's pay it forward. Let's show some love. But that's all I've got uh, for this week. You know, uh, I appreciate everybody sticking with us. This last episode that we did was our most successful episode to date, and we are still climbing the charts in all things iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, all that stuff. We continue to move up, and that is not possible without this community, and we love and appreciate each and every one of you guys. Yeah, for sure, guys. And uh, I'll sign off first this time. Uh, until next time, uh, clear eyes. Full fist. Can't lose. Absolutely. All right, guys. We'll see you. Take care. Oh, yeah. By the way, pod, uh, the iTunes gift card giveaway. Uh, if you are iTunes user JT Bruce 3 get in contact with us via email. You are the winner of our Amazon gift card giveaway. Appreciate you guys. If you want to be involved in the next one, go ahead and get on Amazon. Or, I'm sorry, get on iTunes and leave us a review uh, a written review. So that way we have your, your name to shout you out on the show, but JT Bruce three, appreciate you. And, uh, congrats, reach out to us and we'll, uh, we'll talk to everybody on Tuesday. Good luck this weekend, guys. We'll see you later.